0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Just Talking About Films podcast. My name is Ian Sargentson,
1: And my name's Luke Taylor. It is great to be with you. And uh, we're going to talk about some great, great films today. Um, we are, for our topic this week, we have chosen to look at the films of 1989. And uh, just looking through that list, there's some good films came out in 1989.
0: Yeah, I mean, over the recent weeks we've been doing this, so we did Spielberg films, which I found particularly hard to rank. Mm. Um, we did rom-coms for, for Valentine's Day. Um, we looked at them, and again, I found that quite difficult. That was more difficult in terms of identifying what's a rom-com and what's a rom and what's a com and what's not. Um, <laughs> and now we're looking at Luke Cho's A Specific Year of 1989, and um, so we've locked it out. we've made a list... Um, and I found it good. It was um, enjoyable to do, but quite difficult because there was a lot of films that I have a lot of love for. In that, yeah,
1: there's some particular years that just pop out in my head as years where good films came out. 1989 is one of them. 1993 is another one, which would be good to do sometime. And 1999 as well. Just off, you know, there's 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 occasional years where you say, like, wow, you look through the list and there's a lot of good films that year. Um, yeah, I
0: mean. In some ways, in theory, this year should be good mm. because of all the films that have been held
1: back. Yeah, in theory, yeah.
0: In theory, but we'll see because... Well, we'll see. I think a lot of it starts... There's been a couple of good films this year, but it starts next week with Batman, I think, it really ramps up, doesn't it? So mm.
1: Yeah, looking forward to that. We'll
0: see. OK, so what have you been watching... Lately, Luke. Before we get to our chat about 1989, what have you been watching
1: recently? It's been quite a light week, really. Haven't seen much this week. Uh, just three films this week. Um, first of which, and in fact, I think yeah, two of them are rewatchers. Nothing really. Only one film that's new, and it's an old film. Um, so first up was Mister and Mrs. Smith. Okay. Yeah. Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, married spies who don't know that they're both spies. Uh, it was light. It was. I think it works because those two are clearly having a great time making it. Um,
0: have, you, have you ever seen it before?
1: Yeah, long, long. I think when it first came out, not seen it for a long time. It's it's good fun. It's, it's pretty slight. It's you know. Um, I don't know how much I remember of it next week. Um, but I had really a good time. I thought was, I, I like the dynamics between them. Um, you know that the start off as a very awkward married couple, and and somehow. Get to the point where they want to kill each other, and somehow that leads to them having a better marriage, and it's it's good fun.
0: Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen. It. I think it's one of them films that when it came out for you yeah, and I, and I don't, I'm well, not don't like. It. I've got something in my mind that doesn't really want to watch films that are neither one thing or the other. You know, like they're not serious and they're not comedy. There's a little bit of
1: both. Yeah, I'd say it's it's a like... comedy. It's definitely got yeah. it's definitely a comedy.
0: But I don't really like it where it straddles that line because there's stuff like that that I haven't watched. It's not that I don't want to. I thought it looks interesting, but I'll get to it. And it, there's other things that I always prefer to watch. Same with Red and that one that you mentioned, Red Notice, was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. A few. So things like that, I don't really... I want it to be a comedy or an action, not an action comedy, apart mm. from maybe some in the list that we look at later or go back when things that... Were described as action comedies that were more action than comedy like, I don't know Beverly Hills Cop or mm. you know things like that. So. Yeah. But you enjoyed it all the same.
1: Yeah, I think it's good. For, I think it helped. It's helped by two very good central performances. But then Vince Vaughn's doing a good job as well. The plot's not too complicated. It is they're married to each other. They don't know that they work for competing spy agencies. They find out, try to kill each other, and of course, uh, it's a lot of a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It, 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 not one I'll watch too often, I don't think, but yeah, good good one. Worth, worth a watch. Okay. Oh, but maybe not going out of your way to watch.
0: Yeah, i say yeah. it's still on the list, yeah. the watch list somewhere, but I, I tend to skip over it fairly quickly, and I'm sure we all have those films.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, and then another film, I guess, in a similar vein, but maybe uh, this one's definitely more heavy on the comedy, is uh, Tropic Thunder.
0: Yeah, again, another one I haven't seen that for
1: the same reason. It's a strange, strange philanthropic film. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Even looking at it today, looking at today, you go, I can't believe this got made. Yeah,
0: There's yeah. some yeah, stuff I in know, there that is... Like controversial, it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole Robert Downey Jr thing in there, you're like, there is no way on earth that would happen today. But at the same time, first of all, I'm surprised it's happened then. And third, I get what they're doing, that they are taking the mickey out of the what they're taking mickey out of is actors that go far too deep into a role. Right. You know, those actors who lose themselves in the character who are method from day one. And that's what they're taking the mickey out of. But in a way that I'm amazed. I mean, I, I'm amazed that they got away with it.
0: See, I haven't seen it, um, so I can't but he, plays, it, but I...
1: he plays an Australian actor who's been cast as a black man. So he gets his skin dyed.
0: Right. Yeah, and so I knew it was controversial. Trilogy,
1: Robert Downey Jr. pretending to be a black guy, but uh, but it's meant to be poking fun of actors that would do that. Yeah, so it's 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 an odd choice, but I, I there's something about. I mean, it's Ben Stiller directed it. Uh, ben Stiller is the lead, and you know he is he is funny. He is funny. Uh, he, he may only have two different modes, but they both they both work. And he plays yeah. this down on his look action hero who is, you know, hasn't had a hit in a while. He's been in a series of sequels. Each one's been less and less. He was tried to be a serious actor, didn't work out and found himself in this. But it's a good, it's a great plot. It's, it's they're making the Vietnam War film. And, uh, you know, they're getting a hassle from the studio. It's not realistic. You know, all the actors are prima donnas and fighting each other. And um, so the director says, we're going to do this guerrilla style. We're going to go in the jungle. I'm going to hide cameras around the jungle and uh, I'm gonna film you from a distance. You work through the scenes, but it'll seem real. And of course it all goes wrong. The director gets blown up uh, by stepping on a landmine and they find themselves actually facing off with real warlords. All right. Not knowing that it, it's not a film, um, which is, it's a, it's a good plot and it's a lot of fun, but uh, there's, there's moments in it where you're like, wow, can't believe they did that. Mm. Um but I enjoyed it. I think it's fair enough. It's, again, another one worth a watch. Maybe not necessarily worth going out your way to watch. Um, and then, um, and this one took a while. And this might be what I have not seen many more films this week. We, uh, we did Lawrence of Arabia, mm. which was epic in epic. every sense. I can use the mm. word epic. Epic in scale, epic in cast, epic in length. <laughs> mm. uh, it's one of those films you're watching and you go, wow, they don't make them like this anymore.
0: No, they don't.
1: Um, but there's probably a reason they don't <laughs> make them like this. And actually speaking, you know, the issue with Tropic Thunder with Blackface, in Lawrence of Ruby, you've got um, Alec Guinness playing mm-hmm. um, a Saudi prince, mm-hmm. and you look at that and you, how and uh, again, how did how did they get away with? Because they're filming out there. How did they get away with that? Uh, and he's very good, you know. But uh, it's it's very strange to watch. And yeah, I
0: think. You know, it must have been, you know, a cultural thing, like so many things that now we think, oh, how did they get away with that? That probably wasn't even considered back then. Mm. You see so many films where there's you know, it's an all white cast or different things, and you think surely you could have just got someone, you know, local to to do that or someone
1: yeah. I mean uh, that fits the bill. I think Guinness is very good. But you know, it's it's it is it is strange. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
1: but it's it's. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely a, it's a epic film, but definitely of its time as well. Even the acting style doesn't really mesh with how people would would would, would do it today. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I enjoyed it. I was impressed by it. I guess that's mm, a very different.
0: Yeah,
1: movie. yeah. Um. So I don't even know how I'd rate it. I think it was. It's definitely a, an impressive film. I'm glad I've seen it. Um. I th- don't know if I'll watch it again anytime soon
0: yeah I think some a lot of the there's a lot of films not a lot but there's some films like that of the time I think filming has definitely changed I think culturally but also in terms of trying to get it more realistic. I think before previously it was entertainment the same as the theater so. You know, I mean lines didn't always have to be realistic, they just have to lend themselves to the plot to go where the plot needed to go. Hmm. Whereas now we're a bit more critical and <laughs> Well, so nobody would say that, or why would you do that? Or,
1: yeah. I mean uh, it's it's a true story and it's a good it's and an, an, an as you're watching it, you're going, I can't believe this is true, but it is. Uh and you know it's it's a remarkable story. But uh yeah, it's you have to carve out at least half a day to watch it. Yeah. Um, so what about you, Ian? What have you been watching?
0: So the first thing I did was finish um, Crazy Stupid Love, of for the rom-com thing last week, I started that, but didn't get it finished. Um, and, yeah, I think I commented on the first half, and it was the same through it. There's a lot of good stuff in it. There's story's good, the plot's good, there's a good cast. Um, and ultimately, it's a good, heartfelt conclusion with a lot to say. But it's just bits that I don't need, you know, the smutty bits and the... The
1: bit with the babysitter bits. at the end is not necessary.
0: Yeah. No, I didn't need that. But I know that, that some of that is some of that is me, but I know that there is plenty of people, audience out there that it's catering to that isn't me. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I know I have my own standards on that. Um, that may not be... Well, I'm definitely not the same as everybody else, so um but for me it just didn't need those those things like mm-hmm. so many others that we talked about last week there was just hand to see the phase that that was the thing it just didn't need it whereas other films it's purely that is the line that they've gone down whereas this i think it kind of cheapened it a bit for me
1: mm. yeah because it is it's got it's got some decent elements in that film so and the cast, the cast is great
0: yeah, the cast is great the performances are good the, the story is kind of good but the bit with the babysitter and the son and that—I just didn't need all that, really. No. Um,
1: at the same time, I guess it is probably a true representation of crushes that do happen, I suppose.
0: Yeah, crushes that do happen, but not what she did at the end. No, and, no, no, no. Yeah. You know that's yeah. It's just so um, yeah. So it was it was all right. I didn't I didn't mind it. I thought it it was good. I had a lot going for it. I said, I think it was cheap and just buy some. Smutty yeah. references and jokes. Um, and then the next two I watched were True Films and uh, True Stories, which I, I just have a soft spot for True Stories, really, particularly mm. if it's like a feel-good True Story. And the first one I watched was 12 Mighty Orphans, right? Um, which is an American football... It's about an American football film, It's about a kid, a team of orphans, um, a, 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 you know... Orphans that create this American football team to go in a high school league, and the face challenges from the establishment because I think it's in the 1920s, and the coach is oh, what's he called? Owen Wilson's brother, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. So Luke Wilson has plays the coach, and he comes and he kind of changes the the ideas and their expectations because he was an orphan himself, so he took this job, and everyone was surprised he took it. But he, the cost of the team they've got, it kind of changes. It's a true story, but it changed the face of American football the way it was played forever. So it used to be about being big and strong and a running game, and then they kind of introduced a lot of the passing game that we see today. But it shows the struggles they faced of being orphans in society, but also they captured the imagination of the the local area, their state in Texas, the... um, and the nation that were cheering, rooting for the underdogs and they had to go for legal challenges and all of this discrimination, you know, poverty, the things that they were called by the opposition players and all of that challenge. And it was just really heartfelt to see what he got uh, and what happened and then looking again, what I guess we all like to do, or I guess that, we'll maybe not, you know, look at the real story afterwards. Mm. And sometimes it spoils it for you because it goes, oh, well, it's not, it didn't happen like that, and, you know, but largely it did, and it was, you know, a good representation. So I just thought it was really good. And one of them films that I know is good because it's about sport and it does things, but it speaks to so many other things. Mm. It speaks into identity and um, loss and value, self-worth and all of that. So, um, yeah, and Luke Wilson is inspiring in it, um, where well, the character is him and his wife, all the good that they did, helping people. Um, Yeah, so I I really, really enjoyed that. I mean, I enjoyed it because I knew what it was. It didn't do anything new and it was cheesy and it went exactly the same way as I thought it would. not I've seen it before to a degree um, in, you know, um, different American football films um, that maybe it's not orphans, it's a race issue. So it follows a path that a lot of others have gone down, but still still very good. And then I watched Dream Horse. So only because it was on Sky. And oh, it came I, up yeah,
1: as, I've downloaded that. I haven't watched it yet.
0: And because I'd watched, um, what was it called? The two horse films recently,
1: mm, Biscuit
0: and... Oh, and
1: the, the, the Secretariat.
0: The Secretariat. So I'd watched them and thought, oh, I'll have a go at this. And basically it's about... A, a woman in a little Welsh village that decides that she wants to buy a race horse but then realises that she can't fund it so she gets this mare and then gets a, you know, a sire for it and pays them money but she raises money for a syndicate for the fall so it's about their journey again a true story about um, how Dream Alliance, the horse is called you know, captured the imagination of this village and then the whole country and um, yeah, it's one of them things, and there's something about it. You know, when you see the full monty or different things, and it's you know, it's a very British film. Lee mm. Elliot, different things, and it. Not, it's just the way it's filmed, the way it's made, the the soundtrack and different things, and it has that feel about it. But again, it's heartfelt. The characters may be slightly exaggerated, but again, it's got a good cast. It had um, Tony. Tony Collette, Tony Collette playing the lead, which was a bit strange because she's Australian, I think, isn't she? She, is. she, she, she
1: seems to play everything, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, but it's got every yeah.
0: other Welsh, every other Welsh actor you can think is in the film. <laughs> you know, after Gavin and Stacey Caster half after Stella Caster, in you got Damien Lewis in there. Um, so, but then they got this Australian. She does it fairly well. Um, accents generally okay. Um, but the film was heartfelt. It was good. Again, I'd be rooting for a horse, I'd be thinking syndicate. How ethical is it for, for me to be in a syndicate on a racehorse? <laughs> now, I'm not going to do it, but I just thought just the, the way it brought them together, it was like um, just so good and so nice. And that obviously then the temptation comes when they're in a syndicate and the, the money's there and people are offering to buy the horse. How is this a decision made? And, you know different challenges, and it was just warm and felt good, and it was one of those ones that you watch with a smile on your face all the way through, and I did. I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's made by Sky. <clears throat> um, and it, Yeah, it was It was just really, really good. I, I enjoyed it. Not that it's going to, it wasn't um, revolutionary. It won't win many awards. I won't think it's not changed the face of film, but it knew what it wanted to do and did it very well. I say. Mm-hmm. watched it with a smile on my face, really liked it. But I think I just like racehorse films at the moment. So, <laughs> but there's some funny bits and you get some smiles and some laughs. But it really is heartwarming. I think maybe I don't know. It's becoming a parent or whatever because he used to laugh at you for how emotional you got. But I didn't, <laughs> you know, get over the top. But I felt um, it was more emotional than I ever anticipated it would be. A film about a racehorse that you know. So. I was like, oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah, oh, that's nice. Bit of a lump in the throat there. <laughs> so. so, yeah, that, they're the films I've watched. So the last two true stories and I really enjoyed them and really enjoyed reading about them afterwards.
1: Brilliant, brilliant. Um, let us know on Twitter and Facebook, what have you been watching this week? Have you seen anything that we've been talking about? What do you think? Do you agree? Do you disagree? And uh, what films have you seen this week that you recommend for us to watch?
0: Yeah, and just for the record, Dream Horse was on Sky Cinema. Twelve Mighty Orphans was on Amazon Prime. I think I had a free film, so I think you normally have to rent it because it's a 2021 film. But I got it for free, so I watched that. And then Crazy Stupid Love I think was on Amazon Prime as well.
1: I think uh, I've lost track of what I. I think Mr. and Mr. Smith and Tropic Thunder were both on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I think on Netflix. They were on one of those two. When Lawrence of Arabia was on Sky,
0: and then you're off to the cinema tonight yeah
1: yeah off tonight to see um oh what's it called serrano tonight uh, so looking forward and then, to that and, uh, and then a week today off to see the batman
0: yeah i'm going to see batman next uh, week today on the morning so i should have seen it before we do this just before actually oh no <laughs> and you won't have You've gone on the night yeah, i'll be
1: seeing it after this
0: <laughs> all right so i won't be able to talk about it then <laughs> So, Because that, that's one of the things that everyone's worried about. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, mm. um, I won't say anything. I'll just pretend I haven't until you've seen it. We'll
1: do it the following week. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. I hope it's good. I really hope it's. My expectation well, you, levels are too high, I think.
0: Yeah. And I said to you, I was worried about it because I don't know why it needs to be made. It's not going to beat the Dark Knight and stuff. But every trailer that I've seen raises my expectations a little bit more. I'm still not convinced about Pattinson as Batman, but that's because I like Christian Bale as Batman. But I like the idea of the Riddler, the Zodiac thing, that connection, that dark, sinister thing tied into some realism. Um, So I think that's a clever thing they've done. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to discussing it as well. But we will probably good for us to hold our chat over to the week after anyway. Absolutely. Give everybody yeah. else a chance to see it before we spoil it.
0: Yep. And then Serrano for tonight. Interesting yeah. to see what you think about it. That's the one that's the same story as Roxanne, isn't
1: it? Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Is in, uh, looks, it looks interesting. It's a musical, I think, as well.
0: Yeah, it is a musical, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Right, so you chose 1989. Any reason, or was it just the one as you say because you thought it was a good film? Yeah,
1: it just popped out in my head as being a year that good films came out. I think it was just we were trying because we were talking about picking a year, and it was like if I was to pick a year at random, um, that I think there was a bunch of good films, I didn't actually look before we discussed it, but when I did, it was like, oh, yeah, that's the ones I I remember this year distinctly. It was my first year at senior school, Mm. um. So, I remember a lot of these films coming out when I was in my first year. And of course, you're meeting a whole bunch of new people and, and discussing. Yeah. I, I remember the excitement around some of them.
0: Yeah, I think around this, there's a lot of them that I went to the cinema to see. Mm. So, it must have been just as I was getting into films, really, and yeah. really enjoying it. And I think that kind of made this a bit more difficult because some of these films I probably haven't seen since 1989. Mm. Um, so, some of my opinions were based on how much I enjoyed the film in 1989 and others I've obviously seen since and appreciate on a different level. So there might be some that I've left out that are probably better films, but some of it is just based on my enjoyment of it yeah, at the time. So some of them, it'll be like one of them things that we talked about the other week where you go, oh, I really like this film. So it's in my top 10. And if I watched it now, I'd be appalled because obviously <laughs> culture has moved on standards of moving. How did they get away with that? How did they say that? It's this, that, and the other. But, if any of that occurs, then I'm sorry, just because I haven't seen it since.
1: <laughs> Isn't that weird? You think about that, that I can't think of a generation before, like, you know, even, even 10 years you, you never used to watch a film and go, how did they get away with that? No. We do now. You used to watch a film and go, man, that's tame.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's, yeah, cool.
1: Yeah.
0: I guess You're cultural things are language the language we use, how mm. society has changed. But um, I used to do it with other things, like slightly different things, and I think we've said it before, that I watched films when I was younger. You got a copy of someone from school or something, and you really liked it. And then when you watch it now, you go, I didn't realise it was that mm-hmm. sex scene in it. I didn't <laughs> yeah. realise they were talking about it's this there. In I some
1: cases, you've only like, ever seen the ITV version.
0: Yeah. Like, I think... I remember... Like Dirty Dancing, I think my sister used to watch it a lot when she was a kid, and it's a lot. There's a lot more serious issues in it than you would mm. think. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot more, you know, real societal issues. It's a lot, ruder than you they're I remember. And if, so, yeah, it's just one of them things. All right. So, what have we got? Nineteen eighty nine,
1: top ten. Top ten. Okay. We start. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay. Number ten for me is Turner and Hooch.
0: Turn and Hooch, yeah. Uh, didn't make my top 10, but it was one of them films that I really enjoyed at the time.
1: Mm, yeah, I, I haven't seen I have to admit, I have not seen it in a long time. No. Um, but we had a similar dog at the time. Um, we had yeah. a, a bull mastiff rather than what they have there, but um, but just as much drool, just as much chaos. Yeah. And so I remember. What was we... Hooch?
0: Sorry? The Bordeaux,
1: is he? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, it was, it was some kind of mastiff, I think. I'm, I'm oh, not 100% really okay. sure. Um, but I just met them at the time, um, just lo- loving... I mean, you know, we were filming with a dog in. How can you lose? <laughs>
0: yeah, well, there was that, and there was K-9 the same year, wasn't
1: there? Yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing them both and, and being like, no, nope, Turner and Hooch, Turner and Hooch all the way. Um, they've done a series on it on Disney, haven't they, yeah. Like recently? Yeah, and not, I think not...
0: that might have played into my thinking, because I watched a series, and it wasn't horrendous. It was a kid that was in... Oh, I can't remember his name now, I yeah, One of them... You know, um, not obviously, you know, what Zach and Cody or whatever, it was one of them, I think. Um, but it was just like leave this stuff alone, Disney doing it again, and mm. same as I did with Adventures and Babysitting and yeah. so that kind of might so
1: discourage your view of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, it might put in my mind. But I remember liking it at the time. Yeah. It was one of them ones I had a video and I'd get from the video store and watch it over and over again.
1: Yeah, same. No, I haven't seen it in many years, <clears throat> so I mightn't like it as much now, but I just remember fond memories of it. It was between that and The Burbs for Tom Hanks' movies, mm. and I think I prefer it to The Burbs. The Burbs always was kind of weird. Yeah.
0: Um, For me, number 10 was Lethal Weapon
1: 2. Oh, yes. That so is remember, in my top 10 book, so I'll... Uh, yeah.
0: So I remember at the action... The action comedy things that we talked about that was one of the top ones, but again, I think the last time I watched it, maybe it's still 10 15 years ago, mm. I realized it was more serious than I appreciated as a kid.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it tackles the apartheid quite, yeah, on, yeah, it?
0: but I obviously didn't get onto that as a kid, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in Billingham, being totally unaware. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, so. I remember enjoying it. I remember enjoying Mel Gibson's character thing with the whole shoulder thing all the time. So they're the things I remember. So I haven't seen it again for a long time. So this is based on my memories of liking it. And again, when the man used to come around with a, video, a car boot full of videos, that was one of the ones I'd get out yeah, a few times. Yeah.
1: It's good. For, it's it's. for I've enjoyed the Lethal Weapon. I think it might be the one of the Lethal Weapon films I've watched least, maybe. Although there's newer ones. Uh, I don't think I've seen four many times either. But I think... I don't think it's a patch on the first one, but still it's a it's a good fun, good fun film. Mm-hmm. Um okay, number nine. Number nine for me is the dream team. The dream team. The dream team. Do you know the dream team?
0: I don't think so. No.
1: It's it's one of those films. I mean, I didn't see it in 1989 when it came out. It must have been a few years after when it came on TV. But it was one of those ones I had on video that I would watch and re-watch. It's um, Michael Keaton, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Peter Boyle, um, who is uh, you know Ray's dad in Everybody Loves Raymond. All right. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's it's a group. There are four. What's the correct term? Um, Patients, um, mentally ill patients. There we go. Let's call it that. You know. Okay. um, uh, Christopher Lloyd thinks he is uh, a doctor and has a real problem you know, with, with disorders oh, yeah. and things like it that. Brings it's back memories
0: I think I might
1: psychotic. Uh, Peter Boyle thinks he's God. Um, and they go on a day trip to, you know, as part of their group therapy, they go on a day trip to watch the Yankees play. Um, but the doctor witnesses a crime and gets um, beaten up and hospitalised. And so they're on the run in New York, blamed for the crime as well. And so they've got to try and rescue the doctor and prove themselves innocent. And also, at the same time, they're all insane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think I have seen it a while ago, but I can't remember enough about
1: it. I, I have a real soft spot for that film. I think it's, uh, it's great. Michael Keaton's brilliant, and Christopher Lloyd is very good and brings such a, not warmth, but a real depth of empathy to that. So a character that could have just been, you know... Um, he, he just straight down the middle, you know, just this guy who has no edges to him. But it's it's very it's, a, it's very good film. It mightn't have dated quite as well, but uh, it's uh, it's got a soft spot for me that one.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: for me, number nine
0: is Casualties of War. Right. I don't know. I right. think I didn't I didn't watch it in '89. I think I might have watched it a couple of years later. But it was one of the first films for me that in a time of, you know, loving films that we're going to talk about, all the fun films, all the big, you know, family-friendly films, the first one that ever made made me face some kind of morality, some kind of ethical questions that I was aware of. So it's about a guy, Michael J. Fox is in it, and, and he goes to, and he's in Vietnam, and he's, you know, a young lad that signed up, and... He's obviously fighting against the enemy, so there's all of that. Um, but he's fighting against his own squadron leader, um, which who is played by Sean Penn, I think. Mm. Um, and he commands... Um, so might be a spoiler, but it was out in 1989, so if you haven't But he commands the, the raping and killing of a young girl that they come across in, you know, the village. Mm. And Michael J. Fox has issues with this, whereas none of the others do. And then it puts him at loggerheads with them and then his own squadron. So it's about that question of standing up for what's right and, you know, when the choice is there, when it's gone. So I remember it raised those real issues for me at that young age. And I felt how a film can challenge you like that. Um, whereas before, I'd just seen um, war films as kind of black and white, the good guys fighting the bad guys, the allies of the good guys, you know, mm. whether it's the V... Or the Nazis or whoever—it was very much like that. But then, didn't realise that um, that then there was all of these kind of things about the human condition and different things and that. So it was just really powerful at
1: the time. And mm. I
0: remember thinking, didn't realise I could be challenged so much by films.
1: Great, great. Never, I've, I've done it. I've ever seen it. Good film. I have, to, uh, I have to try that. Um, that was number eight. What was number nine for you?
0: That
1: was nine. That was nine. And number eight for me is Lethal Weapon 2, uh, and okay. we've done. Um, yeah, but yeah, really enjoyed Lethal Weapon 2. Eight
0: for me was Look Who's Talking.
1: Oh, I didn't crack my top ten, that one. I think it's it's probably faded over the years in my mind. I remember <laughs> loving it at the time.
0: Yeah, that's it. I loved it at the time, watched it over and over again. I thought it was really clever to put words. And again, probably 15. Percent of it, I didn't get it because it might be too, you know, too adult, what the adults were saying, and all this. But at the time I loved it, what this baby's thinking. I remember even at the time thinking, oh, when it shows you at the start, oh, it's a bit rude. I remember <laughs> um you know, just showing the biological path of a, of how babies are made. Um, but I, I like the creativity of it, I liked um yeah, everything about it. I haven't seen it since, so I probably watched it a lot in 1991. Again, it was on my rotation of things from the video, man. I um, haven't seen it since, but I remember I liked it a lot as a kid. Mm. Whatever level I liked it on, however much I missed, whatever lens I liked it through, I did like it. So,
1: Yeah, I, I wonder what it's it 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 like it now. I haven't seen it for a very, very, very long time.
0: No, and it's one of the ones that I imagine might be changed or might be worse, and part of me is a bit reluctant to watch it in case it does change my mind. But I remember at that age, 12, 13, 14 maybe, Thinking, this is great. This is so clever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And I remember as well, John Travolta being in it and, and being, because I, I couldn't, you know, when you're a kid, it, it, it's hard to make these connections that these actors are people who have lives a little bit. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, how come he's got so old since Greece? What happened to yeah. him? where he be? You know, that kind of like, yeah. it just, what's happened to this guy? Well, of course, it was like, he got older. I'm not that much older, really, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah. yeah. But when he was in Greece, he was playing like a 16-year-old guy and he was about 44 or
1: something, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Um, right, number seven for me is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Me too. Oh, both. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um. Again, I haven't seen it in a while, but... It is a fun film, it is. And that yeah. great high concept, uh, great effects at the time. Um, I just remember loving it. And, and and the idea of it when you're that sort of age as well, uh, the idea you, you, you fantasize about that happening and what your Absolutely. what your garden would be like.
0: Absolutely. That was where my imagination took me to. Watched this at the cinema and it was like, one of them films that I remember at the cinema distinctively. Um distinctively, distinctly, anyway, I remember it. Um, just gone, wow. This is it. And it's exactly what you're saying that I wanted that to be me. Mm. I wanted to be shrunk into my garden and see the giant cereal and meet, you know, the bugs in the garden and all of these different things. You know, even though we're dangers, yeah, that's what I wanted. Be able to shout <laughs> at that and the borrowers and everything But it. Was, but it was just, as you say, high concept. The effects were amazing. It was like, they're really that small. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A very, uh, I remember being very well made in that sense. And and the, that attention to detail when they were small was very good.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Um, yeah. So it was, just, it was a cinematic experience as a story. And I've not seen anything like it before. I think that I've realised since, like, there was inner space and different things that were similar, you know, taking someone and making them... I used them. to love inner space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're so small, that they're in a different place. And how does that work out? And then on the Commodore Amiga, I had micro machines and everything. So I loved all that. But, yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was massive for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. So that's number seven for both of us. I wonder how yeah. much in sync we're going to get now with these films. Um, number
0: s- Some of mine I don't think you'll have. Others I think you will.
1: Mm, fair enough. <laughs> number six, I have Ghostbusters 2. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely in sync there. Really enjoyed Not a patch on Ghostbusters 1. No, no. Um, not a patch. But at the time, I think it was just, it was, it was an epic, great film. You know, I, I remember looking so forward to it coming out.
0: Yeah. And I think um, for me, it was like uh, Ghostbusters one stood alone, but I didn't, at that age, I don't think I saw them as separate films. I did. Mm. but you know what I mean? They were all part of the same story. I watched both of them that many times.
1: Mm. If
0: I'd get one, I'd get two as well from the video shop. I used to um, love the
1: cartoon as well. Blend into one. And um, The real Ghostbusters cartoon. It was, for me, that was the whole... It, that's what got me from the first film to this one coming out. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Loved it. Loved it. Looking back, it is, it is weaker than I remember. You know, it's not as good a film.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think... I think, but again, I think it's suffered because of expectation levels. It is. If it was released first, I mean, obviously not in terms of story, but do you know what I mean? Then it would be slightly different. But because Ghostbusters was so revolutionary for kids our age, um, it changed everything. Then when two comes out, it's like, oh, but you're not going to get that again.
1: No. Do you know the
0: standards are set too high? It isn't as good in pretty much every aspect. But I don't think it's as bad. I think it just suffers because of the comparison.
1: Yeah, I think it probably does. And and that first one, it's kind of like you can't recapture the the magic of the first one. It's like it's lightly in the bottle, isn't it? You you can't yeah. You can't recapture it. And I don't think it's been recaptured since in any you, you look at sci fi action comedies. I don't think you can top the first Ghostbusters. No. Um, but this, uh, it was a pretty good continuation of the story. It was nice seeing everyone back. And it was, yeah. I, I remember, yeah, look, so looking forward to it. And uh, and the whole thing with the baby being kidnapped in it freaked mm-hmm. me out.
0: <laughs> I think it's, it's fair to say that it's still my second favourite Ghostbusters film.
1: Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. so. Yeah, second favourite, yeah. That's, that's yeah. fair. Uh, okay, number five. Number five, for me. let's see if we can do it again.
0: Well, I don't think we'll do it, again.
1: I have Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been diminished in recent years by the um, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, that, uh, that was a film that was constantly on rewatch for me. I, the idea of going throughout history, collecting all the historical figures, having them help you with your homework, the whole scene where they go to the shopping mall and uh, everyone's running riot, and, you know, everyone's doing the thing you wouldn't expect the character, or what you would expect that character to do. You know, like Joan of Arc running A Keep Fit. <laughs> mm, yeah. Awesome. Um, and Beethoven on the electric keyboard and all of that. I just, ah, I loved that film. Loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did not make my top ten. And I think I did watch it a lot. I did love it. I think it had been a bit... Um, ruined by the last one. Um I love the cartoon as well actually. I used to watch that. <laughs> yeah. Um we'll sing a theme tune, but it's <laughs> the characters irritated me a bit, Bill and Ted. I didn't realize only looking back now I realize that they're kind of stoner dudes, but it was just like yeah. dude, 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 uh man. and I I think grated on me a bit then. Mm. Um, and what re- every rewatch since it's just like yeah but everything you say about you know Beethoven playing the piano in the mall Joan of Arc, keep that was superb. I think just every every watch after the initial five watches was just like, these two are quite irritating. I felt the same about Wayne and Garth in Wayne's World.
1: Yeah, I get that. I after get a while, that. why, just
0: grated on me a bit. I was like, oh, yeah, it was funny the first few times, but now they're the weakest part of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's fair. I think that's a fair criticism. Um, and
0: I think I noticed it more in the on the latest Bill and Ted film and I know it's not fair because it's so many years later but it didn't have that great storyline to be on the background um, oh. to save it and it was just them two being irritating and old
1: I guess they're not what sold me on it it's, it is that going through time and getting yeah. people to help you home. I really love it Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. going to the water park it. love that
0: Yeah, it had a plot to hang it on didn't it yeah. do you know what I mean so it was like They've got to do the school assignment, we could all relate to that, we can do this, but then when it's just them trying to save the world by writing a song, yeah, so yeah, that wasn't didn't make it for me. I did consider it, and it is on my list of 2022, whatever it was. Hmm. Um, and it was on my honorable mentions, but it didn't make it in for me. Number five was probably one of my top five most watched films of all time, and hmm. that was
1: Major League. Major League, wow, no, that
0: hasn't made my list, but yeah. So, major um, league baseball films, one of the first sports ones I got into about the underdogs fighting up someone trying to stitch them up. Um, great cast Wesley Snipes, Tom Berenger, Charlie Sheen, and um, playing all these different characters. Um, probably haven't seen them for 10 15 years. I bought the Blu ray though, I still watching. I'll have to watch it in the next couple of weeks, but I just loved it the whole wild thing song, the underdogs thing. Um, yeah. Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes um, I just loved I've it never seen it Oh love it Major League and Major League 2
1: mm. No I think I've missed it I don't know why but I, it just doesn't ring a bell at all for me
0: It's about this baseball team whose owner I think it might be what Ted Lasso stole this thing on but the owner ultimately wants them to fail nice. because if they fail they get some money or they can take the franchise somewhere else, I think. So it's a Cleveland Indians and she wants them to fail. And they're all this bunch of misfits. They can't, they have to get players from everywhere. So she gets all these misfits. And then when they find out that she's trying to set them up to fail, they obviously then become resolved to win. So, you know, Charlie Sheen's a great pitcher, but he can't pitch straight. But then they find out he just needs glasses (laughs) So he doesn't want to wear glasses because it'll ruin his cool image and he's the wild thing, but he makes it work, and then there's no say Wesley Snipes is William Murz Hayes, he's really quick, but he's a bit mouthy, and then he has conflict. Yeah, so it's just good. There's all these different misfit characters that come together to create something big, and it's just funny and feel good.
1: Hmm. I'll try it was made major league for me. Okay, number four. I have Back to the Future
0: Two. I have that as number three.
1: You yeah, have that as number three. It's uh, yeah, really. I mean, how do you rate the Back to the Futures? I, I mean, I prefer. I think it's one, three, and two for me. But still, it's it's one, a two high and level three for me. Yeah, yeah, I, I do enjoy two. Um, I think it's something about like the Wild West and the third one that really I get get a kick out of. But uh, the
0: hoverboard for me. Sorry. Just a hoverboard for me.
1: And the hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, the hoverboard. And I like how it's I clever. I like, I, I, I like the idea that they go back to the original film. It's like, how do you make a sequel to that film? Well, you can't. It's too good. Well, let's go back into that film. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're trying to recreate it. Let's not try and recreate it. Let's be in it. And uh, I love that idea. I love the the whole bit where he's walking above himself and looking down and listening to himself playing. And he's like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, And then,
0: yeah, it's clever because it plays into it and Biff is a lot more sinister.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah, he takes a turn, doesn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I like it. And again, it's a bit like Ghostbusters struggled against the standards that the first one set um, and blurs into one as part of the story to a degree because I watched them not always in order. And I did that with Rocky only in recent years, like with Rocky, I got the thing because I'd watched three, ones, four, tat... Um, but seeing the Back to the Future, I'd watched two, then one the next day, and so I just didn't care, loved it. But um, yeah, uh, it, I just really thought it was really clever, as you say, where it goes back to the first one and it's different perspective, and
1: yeah, 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 it's such it's really such cool. good fun, and uh, and the effects for the time as well, the way they were able to interplay the same actors with yeah. each other, that whole bit in the future where Michael G. Fox seems to be playing everyone in his family, it's it's. Uh, it's very good, very good.
0: That was three for me, but my four was
1: Kickboxer. Kickboxer. I was I was too young when that came out. Say what? I was quite young when that one came out, so I didn't get it. Yeah, I was.
0: I shouldn't have watched it, but it was one of the ones that I watched. It was an 18. But that and Bloodsport, again, like with Major League, you'll be in my top ten of most watched films ever. Mm. Watched it over and over and over again. The acting is terrible, although it's probably one of Jean-Claude Van Damme's best performances. The acting is terrible, but it's like Rocky with kickboxing, mm. because it's like his brother gets hurt, there's a revenge, and I think it says on the front of the cover, know, revenge is a dangerous motive or something, um, but his brother gets hurt by because he goes to Thailand to do, he's his kickboxing champion, and to do this exhibition fight, and this guy really seriously injures him. So then John claude Van Damme, who's got no kick or very little kickboxing trainer, says, oh, I'll beat him, and goes to this ancient um, trainer and goes through the ancient ways and then fights him in this crazy fight with glass on the knuckles and different things, and it's just like... And then there's honour the of knuckles. this girl
1: and... Pardon? Glass on the knuckles?
0: Yeah, so they dip the ancient ways, so they bandage the hands, and dip the hands in resin and then in broken glass. And then they, so it cuts and all that. So, yeah. So again, it just really, it was one of them things, because I loved Rocky, the training montage, particularly fast forward through all the dialogue and just got to the bit where where he has to train. And it's like that, it's the same thing. Best of the best, all of these, but Kickboxer was just like, that spoken that same thing. You want him to win. It's clear who the good guy is and the bad guy and his motive and his reason for doing it. So you're with him. This guy that he's fighting is a really nasty piece of work. Um, organized crime and stuff. That I didn't really get. Then I just knew he'd hurt his brother. Um, but yeah, really just loved it. I say so the acting is terrible. The <laughs> yes. clubs, not complicated, but. Well, John Cole Van Damme, he's like Arnie, he's not a good actor, but the films all have a spe- special place in my heart, really. Yeah. Like Cyborg just just missed out. but again, not a good film, but I have lots of fond memories of it.
1: Okay, so number three. Your number three was Back to the Future, is that right? Back to the Future 2, yeah, so it's your number three now. Uh, number three for me was When Harry Met Sally
0: yeah I thought you would put it in it didn't make my 10 it was in my honourable mentions but after last week you kind of have to have it in done yeah it
1: it won last week um with my romantic comedy so it's right there but I I mean I spoke enough about that last week but brilliant film excellent just I think it it redefines what the romantic comedy was and I think it I think it perfected the romantic comedy I don't think it's been beaten since
0: yeah I mean see we talked about that so I just didn't I can't remember finding it overly funny, but um, I haven't watched it for a lot of years.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you might appreciate the humor in a different way. Billy Crystal is on form, and you can tell he's improvising. There's a wonderful scene where they're in the um, uh, in the Met in New York, and they're in the sort of Egyptian room, and you can tell he's improvising because she looks off camera to the director just to know whether she should continue or not. <laughs> and it's, you can totally see in that moment where it's like, no, he's definitely gone off on one um yeah and then bit.
0: we're down to the top two which i know that your number one is not in my top 10 <laughs> really so interesting i think so given your background but, um, <laughs> yes, so
1: <laughs> what's your number two my number two is in the energy ones in the last crusade
0: yeah i thought that would be there not in my top 10 obviously your top two aren't in my top 10
1: really not in your top 10
0: no wow
1: i am surprised by that i i mean for me it's the it's the second best indiana jones film um aside from the first one um the uh, the dynamic between harrison ford and sean connery as his dad is just a joy to watch the action sequences are brilliant um the effects work so well it's just I remember um, there was a time that was my favourite of the Andrew Jones film because I just, the adventure, I just enjoyed so much. I don't think it's as solid a film now, but uh, you know, the tank chase where he's on the horse and chasing the tank, it was one of the most exciting things I'd ever seen. Um, Love it, love it, great film. Um, Spielberg, (laughs) not his best, but you know, even when he's not at his best, he's up there. Um,
0: Yeah, and I felt by the time my Honourable mentions, Along with Turner and Hooch and when Harry met Sally. We talked about Cyborg and a few others that I'll mention afterwards. Well, number two for me was My Left Foot. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful film. Again, a bit like Casualties of War. It was like in amongst all of this thing when I'm watching Ghostbusters, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, Look Who's Talking, um, Back to the Future, all of these, mm. you know, family-friendly, big adventure films. And this film that comes along, it's like, it's really challenging, really inspirational, really pr- proper acting, proper story, proper life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just like, wow, how did he do that? Um, and really, again, challenged me, really emotive. I don't think it was 1989 I watched that. I imagine it was probably more like 95, 96. But I remember first time I watched it, I thought, what a film that is. What a performance. He won
1: the Oscar for that, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, Daniel um,
1: Day-Lewis is, is superb, superb, in
0: it? Yeah, I mean, but just the, the, the challenge to play that mm. part, um, but then the story, the inspiration of the story um, was just, yeah, I remember I watched it with my parents because they were like, I've got to watch this, it's a really powerful film, and I was like, I do not care, it's going to be boring, but I remember I was just engrossed. But I, said, I wasn't 11 or 12, I must have been 15, 16, um, and just loved it.
1: Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Number one. <laughs> um, I think mine's obvious from the background. Yep. Yes, it is Tim Burton's Batman. Yep. Um, this was a formative cinema experience for me. This was... I wasn't a regular cinema goer. I loved watching films, but it was all on VHS. Um, I'm about to be 12, not quite 12 yet, so we get in a little early because Batman's the first 12. And it's the first time i had been... I mean, I had gone to the cinema to see some, st- a lot of the stuff we've mentioned, but not regularly, but this kicked off me going to the cinema with my dad um, pretty much every week at this point, um, where we just both went, you know, we would go to the Metro centre, my mum uh, and my sister would shop, and me and my dad would go to the cinema, and that's what we would do on a Saturday. And this film was the start of that for me, and I remember being 11 and going to see a 12 feeling, what if I'm not able to cope with this? you know, I'm too young, I'm, I'm not, I, what, what am I? I've heard, you know, there was rumours it was, it was, it was a 12 because it was violent, somebody gets acid thrown in their face, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, and I had the best time, I, and it's, this film cemented my love of cinema for me, I think, um, and you know what, it's Batman, what are you going to say, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, which is why I'm a little, you know, I'm excited about this, this, this new one, but uh, for me, it started my, regular cinema visits for me
0: yeah and I think for me I have apart from remembering Christopher Reeve's Superman I've gotten into superheroes or appreciated the films much later when the films have been better didn't like Batman that much when I said say other films I was watching more I didn't watch Batman I don't think more than once or twice mm. um, when it came out I thought it was all right it was more of a Superman thing. Not that it, I, it, I was aware of that then, but I remember going, Yeah, it was all right. I won't rush to watch it again. I didn't get out of the video shop um or anything. And I don't think I've watched it since. Um mm-hmm. so when everyone says, Oh, Michael Keaton's Batman, I can't really comment because I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah. You uh, know what we should do when the new Batman's out is we should get through all the Batman films and,
0: and... Yeah, you said that. So I'll probably start this week. Yeah. Um uh,
1: and, and get through. A, it's a big job <laughs> there's quite a lot of them
0: yeah um so yeah so i'll have a look at that um
1: so what was, was your number one it,
0: my number one is dead poet society
1: oh ah. you know i didn't even think of that
0: so i just think again it was about identity about the influence of teachers about you know, that captain and my captain, just mm. so profound, you know, about young boys, about rivalry, seeking approval. Yeah, just so much from parents and, and different things. I think it just moved me. And Robin Williams is outstanding it? and yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's um, really. So, yeah, I think I was on an hour and backwards and forwards, but I thought that is the one that is probably, at the time, or certainly since, that is the one I have to own I would probably, yeah, just go to and say, this is my favourite film from that
1: year. Wow. Good choice. Good choice. It didn't crack my list. It didn't occur to me, that film. Um, yeah, I must have missed it when I was looking. But uh, good film.
0: Honourable mentions. I had Uncle Buck, When Harry Met Sally, Field of Dreams, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. <laughs> Parenthood, Turner and Hooch, K9, and the other ones that we've mentioned.
1: So. Yeah, for me, Honourable mentions Parenthood is in there. Karate yeah. Kid Part 3, although I watched that recently. That was not as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> um, Roald Dahl's BFG, you know, the cartoon version. That came oh, out, oh. yeah. And I remember loving that. alive oh, I haven't seen that in a very long time. Heathers, Heathers was a good film. Yeah,
0: um, Steel Magnolias, I think. I've seen since and appreciate it. at the yeah. time. I think my mother watched it, and didn't care for it. But
1: <laughs> um, Weekend and Bernie's gets an honorable, a dishonorable mention, has been probably the worst film of that year. Uh, see no evil, Heel and evil of that. Uh, Blind Fury, did you see Blind Fury?
0: Yeah, yeah, with Blind one, Swordsman. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen that since probably about then, but I remember at the no, time but at the it time it was amazing. <laughs>
0: blind,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it hasn't held up well.
0: No, I imagine it hasn't, but that's why I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> because my, my memories of it are some of the best things.
1: Yeah. Um, so that's some honourable mentions for me. I enjoyed that. That was fun. Um some good films in 1989. And yeah. Um, some omissions from my list. Now I need to I need to redo my list and add some to it. <laughs> well,
0: I need to re-watch some films. Um so yeah, if you listened to that and you thought about that. Let us know what you think oh I agree with that or I don't agree with that how can you not have Batman any your list? And Ian Luke how can you not have deadport society um I what you would think of,
1: like, deadport society
0: yeah what you think that we've missed um, and also any things that you think we should discuss in the future our top tens of anything um you know different years different decades different actors directors themes um quite happy I like I like that format of of looking at a theme and a topic and trying to, you know, share our thoughts on that.
1: Yep, yeah, Brilliant. So get in touch with us. We're on Facebook, on Twitter. You can also comment on YouTube and also, you can also um, get us on Apple podcasts on Spotify podcasts and probably a few other podcasts. I'm not quite sure which. <laughs> um, yeah. And let us know you're, that you're listening as well. You know, you can review, you can rate, you can do all of those things.
0: Yeah, and those people that are listening who I've been in touch with have said, we'll get you on, we will get you on. We're just looking at getting some dates sorted for that. And if you, I haven't been in touch with you to come on and you haven't made none and you do want to come on and maybe bring your ideas of a theme that you think top ten, I don't know, superhero films, sports films, whatever, favourite actor, then, then let us know. We'd love to have you on and um, just talk about films with three of us, four of us.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. Well, we shall see you next time and uh, hope you have a wonderful week.
0: Take care.